0: Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Ewan Spence here once more with your All About Windows Insight podcast. The word phone has to go in there as well. As if you know what's going on, you know exactly where to place it. And the man who knows exactly where to place Windows Phone is... ray
1: Manford. Hello, everybody. You're sounding uh, very chippy, Ewan. No. I am.
0: I have no idea why. I'm guessing it's a balance thing with the universe. <laughs>
1: Now, we've had a few comments in recently about the length of the podcast. And some people say it's not long enough. And thank you to all of those who like listening to that us. That was just your mum. Waffling on endlessly. Yeah, possibly. Uh, but there are others saying, can we uh, keep it to the 30 minutes like we say we're going to. So I thought this week we might try something a bit different. So I'm going to start a stopwatch now, Ewan. And when we okay. get to get to the 30 minute point, well, that will be it. Uh, but to try and keep things moving, we're, uh, what format can we put this in?
0: Um, we could do it in the form of a Hollywood musical.
1: Uh, except neither of us can sing, so we don't really want to, uh, inflict that on in, anybody. Okay, I've
0: got it. We could do it in the form of a Hollywood musical starring Hugh Jackman.
1: Okay, that's a little unkind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, why don't we go for a good old-fashioned Q&A session, like Mastermind?
1: Okay, I think we can manage that. With so, should I over,
0: start like the start the Yep, Yeah, you start, um, who's going to ask the first question?
1: Uh, well, we'll let you ask the first question since I'm first busy question. pressing a start button
0: okay right then so let's start it in three two one now windows home market share numbers have come out from cantar 10 percent in europe three percent in america what does that imbalance do to the ecosystem rafe
1: that's a good question because that's exactly the headline i put in as i try to think about the answer by delaying slightly but yes you're absolutely right i said there's a divide between US and europe and it makes me wonder you know, is there anything Microsoft or indeed the manufacturers should be doing to kind of address this? Because suddenly the UK, France, Germany are looking like a very successful market. So for example, in the three months up to the end of August, uh, Windows Phone enjoyed 12% market share, that's of unit sales uh, in the UK. So that means that 12 out of every hundred smartphone sales are yes, running Windows that's, so, that's, suddenly it That's looks, almost one in eight. Yeah, that's that's suddenly looking quite impressive actually. And that number's been uh coming up, it's come up from four point five percent last year. And you suddenly go, okay, it's got past that psychological barrier of ten percent now. It takes a while before it really has an impact because of you know the install base is based on phones sold over the previous twenty-four months. But you can imagine if that figure is sort of maintained. For the next year or so, or even increases, suddenly Windows Phone is going to have pretty substantial market share in the UK market, uh, and you actually see a similar pattern in uh, France. It's ten point eight percent. Italy, it's nine point five percent. Germany's eight point eight percent. So as a result, as you say the EU five, the big five EU markets, are nine point two percent. Now, you know, don't get too excited about that because there are some European markets where it's doing less well. But I think those are generally seen as indicator markets, and others will follow. Um, There are some exceptions, like Spain, for example, which is only at 2.2% massively dominated by Android, and actually iOS doesn't do very well there. Um, But we're actually getting to the point where uh, Windows Phone is close to iOS in a couple of big markets. Uh, I think that's going to change in the next few months, obviously, because iPhone 5S and 5C has come out. But it'll be interesting to see just what happens with that that balance. But you flip it on its head when you look at the US market, it's uh, The market share is 3% according to this uh, Kantar data. That's up a bit from last year, but not very much, just at a half percentage point or so. If you look at China, it's actually gone down from 47 to 2.1%. So there's this idea that, you know, quite a bit of success in Europe, but it's just not really finding traction in in the U.S., a lot of this seems to be about the fact that the low-end devices are selling well in Europe. And those low-end devices, because of the way the, the market is structured in the US, uh, don't sell in quite the same numbers. You know, because basically a, a lot of people on contracts and that's how they buy their smartphone. And it's actually because you pretty much have the same monthly contract, whatever smartphone, get, you're more likely to get a more expensive device. You kind of make the most of your device subsidy. Uh, there are a few exceptions to that and people will know about no T Mobile getting rid really of subsidies and all that kind of thing, but that's the general pattern. Whereas in Europe, you have a much bigger, uh, pay as you go or prepaid market, and as a result, you do see sales of the devices like the Lumia 520 but also the 620 kind of off contract. And even when it's on contract, you will actually pay a kind of a contract price per month that reflects the expense of the phone you got. So get something like the 1020, yeah, you'll be paying top whack maybe 35 plus a month, but if you go for know a 620 or 720 you can very easily be on a contract between 15 and 25 pounds a month and that's true elsewhere in europe so i think that's why there's that divide uh, i don't think there's an easy answer this other than that microsoft has to keep pushing in the u.s and devices like the lumia 1020 and and more to come will help but it, it, it's hard to see how they can of break through in a, in a big way without having a device that really stands out and Uh, I'm going to turn this question around and ask you in a minute what what you think the answer is here. But it does make me think that sometimes uh, Microsoft seems to be a bit too US-centric in some of its thinking, particularly with regard to services that seem to work on US Windows phone devices and don't work elsewhere. In the UK, we have something of a halfway house. We kind of get treated reasonably well, but there are are parts of you that don't get the services quickly enough. And it's getting to the point where... Microsoft is going to be selling many more devices in Europe, so maybe you should pay a bit more attention there um, you know, to kind of play to its strength. But uh, since it's me been talking for too long, in fact, almost five minutes, I'm going to turn this question around here and sort of say, is there something uh, Microsoft and its hardware partners can do to sell these devices in the US, particularly bearing in mind it's probably going to have to be towards the high end of the market?
0: Well, I think, first of all, we have to realize that they're actually in a really awkward situation with these market shares. Um, Bruce Henderson's Economic Rule of Three, paper published in 1976, followed up by Trenton Sathoda in 2002, who says I can't be as intellectual as Ralph. Um, There can only ever be three major players in a mature market. I think we have to regard smartphones as a mature market now. And when you go from a consumer point of view, those are Apple and Samsung. And unfortunately for BlackBerry, it's now well, Nokia two weeks ago, so Microsoft, Nokia, whatever. But the thing is, you're only classed as a major player roughly if you're at about the ten percent level. Um, anything below five percent, you're regarded as a niche player and can comfortably survive. But that that horrible middle ground of five percent to ten percent is, is that you can't you can't act as a niche because you're too big, and you can't act as a major because you're too small. Microsoft in and has got Windows Phone into the major player part in the EU5, and arguably in the Brit countries as well, or at least they will be there in the next two or three quarters. There are, so you have the point where you have a strategy that you have to be a major player in Europe, and you have to be a niche player in America, uh, and you're trying to present one vision of Windows Phone. It is fundamentally not going to work. Um, Microsoft have to get UES market share to 10%, as quickly as possible, so they could unify marketing and messaging strategies for the platform, and then push together. Honestly, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, it's going to have to be a high-end device. It's going to have to be specced out. They put the money down on the ten twenty uh, to try and work the camera phones, um, and you know that does get the attraction. And you want to try and get a halo effect with things like the 925, 98, 99, and so on and so on. But they're going to lock themselves up for six months with this purchase by Microsoft. Um, so they're going to lose six months of traffic, even though they've got Nokia's portfolio in the background. Um, the only suggestion I can make is the Tiger team. They, they literally treat this um, in the same way that you would treat uh, the, the problem of uh, market incumbency uh, and the innovator's dilemma, which is you take a very small team in Microsoft, you say, there's a shed over there. You're going to go in there, and you're not going to give a flying two hoots about the rest of Windows Phone. Your job is just to do whatever it takes to work in America, even if it upsets everybody else inside Redmond. Now, I know that's completely the opposite of what they want to do with bringing Nokia's services uh, and devices division, but I think that they have to have a small, agile team, and they have to treat Windows Phone to whatever version, as a disruptive force and they have to literally disrupt windows phone again in america they've nokia have done their best uh to to break america and they've got three percent so asking the same team to do the same again uh it's not going to happen uh asking the same team to do a different thing will will be their second choice of options which didn't they rejected the first time. So I think it needs an incredibly disruptive internal force from Microsoft. And with all the focus on a change of CEO, with a change of department, with the adoption of Nokia, it would be a very, very courageous decision from a VP in Microsoft to take that challenge on. But if I had to do anything, that's what I would do. Silence.
1: I was waiting for a question.
0: Oh, right, okay. I was thinking you might have come back on that. You know, but it'll Well, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll come back. I, I, I'll, no, 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 stop there. I've just got, <laughs> I've stunned Rafe into silence with one of my strategy points. That's going up on a frame on the wall.
1: <laughs> yes, stunned into silence. I mean, I, I don't think the sort of targeting doing things separately approach is something you can afford to do. Now, I think it has to be integrated. But as I said, I think a lot of this is actually just down to the structure of the US market, and there is no easy answer other than you have to keep pushing you have to make the devices attractive i think cost might be one way to go and that's something microsoft could potentially do you know cut its margins in the us right back but also it is going to have to bring it on some other manufacturers and we've uh, heard some interesting things in the last week about that so we might might have that as a, a question later on um but you, you're right this you know it it, it needs to get to 10 percent. that's that's really going to matter versus being uh Niche. So I better let you ask a question now, Ewan.
0: Indeed, yeah. I think I've got one that's on a similar vein on that one, so we can at least keep some sort of semblance of floor here. On a scale of one to really silly, an HTC dual-booting Android Windows phone. Ah, uh, there you go. Picked up on the uh, hint I was getting at there. I know, I know. that's why I get paid a very small <laughs> monthly check.
1: <laughs> yes, this is a uh, kind of a rumour that's come out that Microsoft is talking to HTC about using Windows Phone as a second option on its Android devices. Now, there weren't very many details about this, basically because it's a rumor and there's nothing official here. Uh, But one assumes that there are talks going on. I actually think this is as much about Microsoft talking to HTC saying, please keep producing Windows Phone devices, despite the fact we've just bought Nokia's device business. We really need you. And they're kind of probably exploring ways of making that happen. And there was various talk about maybe the license fee could be uh, reduced or perhaps even down to nothing, which I think would be quite a canny move at this point. I think Microsoft needs to realize how critical it is to have others involved. If that's I mean, this, And let's
0: be fair, even if they ask for $10 license fee, you see, they're only going to get $3,070 next month, aren't
1: they? <laughs> well, that's maybe a little unkind. HGC yeah. have just I had a pretty... Horrific uh, corporate loss uh, for the first time in their public history. Well, I, I say horrific. It's actually not that bad. Um, they lost. Uh, let's just see if I can find the numbers. Sixty-three million pounds on uh, sales of about nine hundred ninety-two million. But uh, you know, people are talking about it as significant because say, it's the first loss, and they've been going downhill for a while. I mean, that's really about that Android business. But uh, you know, this this rumor of you know Android as a second. Option, or rather, Windows Phone is a second option on their Android device is interesting. There's a couple of ways this could be implemented. The one that was immediately kind of jumped on by I think you know geeks and people who like this sort of thing is the idea of dual boot. But honestly, I I don't think that's very likely at all. Quite apart from kind of some of the legal and technical challenges, I I just don't think it has a great deal of uh, mass appeal. Of course, there's you know a few tens of thousands of geeks who would love the idea of something like that, but in the consumer market, I don't see the appeal but what it might mean is kind of reusing the android devices kind of directly and so uh, apart from maybe uh, an extra windows phone logo on it rather than the android button or, or some kind of branding you'll see you know them come into the shops at the same time one is an android phone one's a windows phone device uh, you know and there's a possibility of that happening i mean if you look at the chipsets that HTC have used in some of their recent Android devices and kind of purported upcoming Android devices. It is the Snapdragon-based SoCs and things like that, which theoretically at least can be used on Windows Phone. And with the GDR3 release coming up, they're also going to support the higher resolution screens, so 1080p and things like that. So theoretically possible. But I suspect this is a way of exploring how um, HTC can continue to create Windows Phone devices without the full expense of having to sort of do a separate device rather than anything like uh, dual boot. And it will be interesting to see what Microsoft is willing to do in order to make that happen. And it could be, you know, something like the platform support payments it gave Nokia, or it could be reducing the royalty fee um, on, you know, licensing Windows phone. I think they'll do everything they can to keep HTC on board. They've been one of their longest term partners uh, in the manufacturers in, in mobile terms, you know, the original Windows Uh, mobile devices came from htc and so that kind of history i don't think they'll want to throw away and i think at least in the short term it's vitally important for them to keep other manufacturers on board it's always going to be difficult when they're you know buying nokia's device business Um, but they need all the help they can get in the windows phone space and you know whether it's viable long term you know what pattern that will take it's harder to say but i can't help but feel that um Microsoft will want to keep as many manufacturers producing Windows Phone as possible, and, and so these, this kind of HTC rumour is part and parcel of that story.
0: The other thing that strikes me is if it's dual boot, how do you count market share? I mean, does that mean that market share will be <laughs> up of
1: 107%? Well, presumably there'll be some way of judging usage. As I said, I think dual boot's very different. I mean, just from a technical point of view, um, you have to think about, well, do you have double the storage because you know the storage pattern isn't the same across the two platforms you know, and that obviously increased the cost of the device there are subtle differences you have to sort of pay money for kind of the legal fees and testing i mean operators for example probably wouldn't like this because it's going to have higher support costs and higher training costs and so as much as i might personally think oh uh, a dual boot device sounds kind of interesting no, it, it, it seems to me very unlikely to happen.
0: It's probably going to be one stage back, really. As, it's, as it leaves the factory, it could be either things, and when it leaves, it will be Android, or it will be a Windows phone.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's right.
0: So and uh, that, that, makes, that makes sense, to be honest, because we're back to the sort of commoditization of hardware. And if Microsoft can get HTC to do that, then the Chinese manufacturers, for example, might be if <clears> I <throat> just find a copy of Windows phone, drop into the lap uh, uh, and, and so on and you start to get some more interesting plays again. and this comes back to my uh, editorial a week or two ago, I, I suppose of Microsoft should switch to a freemium model. Uh, the idea is that they just give away the OS um, and that gets rid of the obvious bitching points online uh, and, and they, take, they make it up on the backside.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, and that's right. I mean, I don't think it's going to quite be a case of, you know, on one side of the assembly line, you have Windows phone device and one side Android. I think there will be some differences be- between them. But you're right, you know, this idea that Microsoft could reduce the license fee, I think is actually the more interesting part of this this story. And as you, I mean, you called it the freemium model. I mean yes, there are potential to make up revenue on the backside. Or even at this point, you go, it's more important for them to be present in mobile and then sell the services.
0: Woo, woo, woo. Yes, that right, that now. <laughs> That's worth more than the 72 million in the bank that it would cost you to make it free.
1: Yeah. And, and of course, the interesting part of this is, you know, people talk about, you know, Windows Phone having a problem because it's got this cost associated with it. Now, Windows Phone actually has certain patent protections as part of the license fee. You're and getting and a Android license doesn't. from Microsoft, and Android doesn't. So if this does happen, potentially, Microsoft's Windows Phone could be less expensive for the manufacturers than doing Android because of these kind of patent fees. I mean, it's not a simple case of just, right, Android's free, Windows Phone costs. Thirty dollars or whatever it is. So it could even be that Microsoft says, "Right, we're reducing the license fee in half, and if you're selling a device less than one hundred and fifty dollars, you get it for five bucks." At that point, it's actually going to get pretty close to some of the fees that uh, manufacturers are currently paying Microsoft and others uh, to license patents for their Android devices. Uh, you know, so I don't actually think it's necessary for Windows Phone to go free altogether, um, but. Uh, it does seem that there is this perception problem that it it costs more. And I think we can assume from what various manufacturers have said, there is actually a real cost burden to creating uh, a Windows phone device. And as you said, I mean, partly it's that easy availability of Android that spurred many, many Chinese, Indian, and other Asian manufacturers to kind of create Android devices just off the shelf. They could download the source code. They could get into it very quickly, very easily. Um, And, you know, Part of these rumours also say that Steve Armour and other executives are talking to Chinese manufacturers, and the fact that they need to kind of go through that process, and it's a, not exactly long-winded, but it takes a while to set up those agreements, maybe means that you know the it's less easy to get that Windows Phone prototype device created. Whereas uh, a lot of the Android device creation that goes on now happens without Google even being particularly aware of it. And it's only when it comes to, we want to get this device Google certified. And of course, lots of devices out in China aren't even doing that. So, uh, you know, Windows Phone is a different fish. And so, you know, you you can't compare the two directly, but clearly Microsoft has to uh, compete against that. And so it needs to be aware of it to some extent. Okay. Question for me. Question for you. Okay, let's go on to something a little bit lighter. You've been playing a number of games and uh, apps recently, Um, so let's have a a bit of talk about some ones that have caught your eye in the last week or so.
0: Let's start with Tetris Blitz, then, uh, because this is a really good way of playing Tetris, smothered and destroyed by Freemium. Um, It's a game that at every single point reminds you that you can buy boosts to increase your high score, that you can buy extra ways to help play the game. Like you know, normally when Tetris you can see the next three pieces. Yeah. Yeah? Well well if you want to see them you have to buy an add-on which is three pounds. If you want to hold an extra piece it's another three pounds. Um which I suppose brings you up to the price of the game but then you realise that just to get the sort of basic Tetris experience you're at eleven pounds already. And because so much of it is based on high scores on life timed game of Tetris however many points you can score in two minutes, um you can either just play without the Freemium stuff and like maybe score about a hundred thousand. Maybe a hundred and fifty thousand good game, or you can load up on the boosts, score five hundred thousand, top of the high score table of all your friends on Facebooks, if you're willing to give EA a shed load of money. Um, this is freemium done wrong, um, and it's a perfectly good example of what not to do. you. Admit. It just makes me feel dirty playing it. And <laughs> and what really upsets me um, is that EA's other game that came out in September, um, which is clearly freemium, which is The Sims Free Play. It's also freemium, but it's freemium done in a way that you'd never feel that you have to buy the money. You don't feel unclean. Cheating. um, Cheating is the wrong word. It's increasing the gameplay to create a better player experience that allows them to work at their own levels. (coughs) Uh, And you can imagine a farm animal in there and the effort it produces. But it worked fine. You know, you could bring in extra coins, but you could always grind up quite happily. So there are two ways of doing freemium, both from the same publisher. Both are available in the last two or three weeks, um, showing the good and the bad uh, on the side of Freemium. So uh, it's always interesting to see. We've had a nice run of games as well. Uh, I think we had one release every week throughout September. Um, okay, an update to the the God Simulator at the start of uh, this month. Doesn't really count as an update, but does count as an update for all those new people to the platform. So again, keeping a regular schedule on the Xbox Live titles, making sure that we have a mix of Freemium um, paid downloads and games that just played forever uh, for, for either for free or, or on the standard purchase cost is good uh, and the one probably to flag up is the fact that wordman has jumped over to Android as well as having jumped to iOS about seven or eight months ago now I think Um Xbox as, oh, sorry, interruption from Ray. Well,
1: I was going to say Wordament was kind of the big name game that was famous as being exclusive to to Windows Phone, and it's a fantastic game, Uh, and indeed it's just sort of got a a native Windows Phone 8 version as well.
0: Indeed, yes, Mostly, mostly to support the size resolution, but also just to make it just that little bit smoother and sharper as well. I'm interestingly watching the Xbox Live sort of ecosystem spread out to the other platforms, And it's a smart thing to do. Windows Phone, as we said at the top of the show, doesn't have that market share uh, at the moment, especially in America, where most of the money from gaming is made. So if Xbox Live is to continue, it needs to be on other platforms as well as Windows Phone. And if you're using something like the Unity Engine, um, then it's very easy to Uh, cross-port. I went into this more depth uh, on Tuesday morning, back on the website, in terms of why I think they've expanded out. But I think it's to create a wider base for Xbox, and Windows Phone will reap the benefits of that. Basically, it's trading the exclusivity away to get the volume, although the volume might be on Android and iOS. Yeah. How's that? Yeah, no, that's good.
1: I mean, uh, I think yeah, this point... Minutes of, left. <laughs> this point about, you know, Xbox going elsewhere, it does sometimes feel that Microsoft is a bit of a, a Janus company in that it's got two faces it shows the world one is you know licensing software and services as widely as possible in in that context clearly it makes sense to get xbox to as many places as possible and by the same token getting office and its other big enterprise services running on multiple platforms makes sense and uh, yet at the same time it is trying to do a mobile platform and it would make sense in a way to keep some of its crown jewels you know exclusive to that platform, I, I tend to think that it has to go everywhere that's possible, and then try and provide the best possible experience on Windows Phone. So, you know, the slogan that's sometimes used here is is first and best on Windows Phone," and honestly, that that makes sense to me. I mean, you do see some commentary that's critical of Microsoft's effort in mobile, and saying essentially they should give up on trying to do their own platform and you know, build on top of Android and iOS. Then, you know, they've already lost the platform war on mobile. You know, they should. Uh, go to Android and build on top of that. You know, it doesn't necessarily, some people even say, you know, do their own Android device. I, I think honestly, it's far too early to call that. And I think it's a bit um, short-sighted to sort of make that argument. I mean, it's an interesting debate to to start having. Um, but I think what is clear is that Microsoft should make an effort to deliver the best possible experience on other platforms as well. But then say, you know, you're going to get the Microsoft experience best on windows phone and you see that if you're using something like a, a windows 8 computer a laptop particularly with a touchscreen, the commonalities that you start seeing with windows phone are quite notable and that's only going to become even more true and i think actually that's you know a commonality of experience is actually something that microsoft have talked a, a lot you know the windows everywhere idea yet it's yet to really come to fruition and i think people have been rightly you know skeptical about windows 8 but once you start using that all together and you then apply it to the tablet as well, and potentially other devices, you know, the Xbox underneath your TV. It's a pretty compelling solution. Now, there's a lot they need to get right, and there's a whole load of execution, implementation questions. Uh, But I think this Xbox on other platforms debate is kind of part of this. And, you know, just as we see uh, Google putting its services everywhere, well, except Windows Phone, uh, talking which we've had that so youtube update so i guess we should mention that as my uh, app update is youtube has come back but this is part of the ongoing saga between google and microsoft and actually it's been implemented as a web shortcut again just like it was in its first version so we wave goodbye uh, for now to the kind of rich client version that wasn't working after google revoked the api so microsoft had to do this but clearly the, the kind of Negotiations between Microsoft and Google haven't borne fruit, and so as well, consumers suffer. In the meantime, go and download PrimeTube or one of the other third-party YouTube apps. You know, they work just fine. Uh, the other app I just wanted to highlight very quickly was that Zinio has actually been updated to support 512 megabyte devices. Now, this is the app that lets you read magazines, essentially, on your Windows phone device. It has a huge range of titles, more than 5,000 titles. It's now available in about 20 countries or so. Uh, but when I did a feature recently on sort of support for apps... On 512 megabyte devices. We found the number was pretty small 0.24% or so, but it was really all about games, and that still applies, and it's particularly the older games. The, the new games coming down the pipeline do tend to be working on these lower round devices, but Xenia was one of the few apps that I felt was significant that didn't support these 512 megabyte devices, and now it does. It's a pattern we've seen a couple of times now um, apps and games come out not supporting 512 megabytes and then supporting it later on, quite why well, they can't get it right first time round, I'm not sure. But uh, Microsoft Halo is a good example of this, as is their Fresh Paint app, and uh, and now Zinio. So there's been quite a bit of app activity that's so sort of raised a few eyebrows. Um, so I think that summarises that question quite nicely, doesn't it, Ian?
0: It does, yes. And we've got four minutes to go for one final question. Okay. Okay, and it is this. What's the silliest bit of advertising you've seen in the last week?
1: Ooh, that's quite tricky. There's been a lot of advertising. About smartphones. Well, let's make it a bit more specific and say, you know, what sort of uh, promotional stuff have I noticed recently for kind of the Nokia Lumia 1020? Because that's kind of the device of the moment. And there's been things like a parachute jump in Dubai to kind of have that, the device arrive. I guess that's ahead of Nokia World, which is happening in Abu Dhabi on October the 22nd. But there's also been a big push in the UK. Homeland, kind of the TV series, has just started in the UK. And there's Lumia 1020 advertising all over that. It's kind of sponsoring the program. And there's ad breaks running uh, in between the different sections of the uh, program as well but also the 1020 seems to be in a lot of newspaper adverts it took over the evening standard it had a, a wraparound advert i wouldn't say any of these are, are particularly silly but it's interesting to see it getting a really really heavy push it's probably the biggest push i've seen on a, a windows phone device in the uk um ever uh, it, it's partly because it's very distinctive they're using the yellow uh lumia 1020 and so those adverts do tend to stand out and catch the eye but the one that i i kind of found most Finally, it wasn't really an advertising, it was a bit of social media promotion. And that was uh, there's a partnership going on with the University of Southampton to charge uh, a Lumia 925, I think it was, by lightning. And actually, it wasn't quite lightning, it was you know, putting uh, an electrical charge between two conductors and actually discharging through the air. And then the, the Lumia 95 was able to pick up on that and start charging. And it was actually, more than anything else, a testament to the quality of the charging circuits that nokia using their devices it was able to kind of convert that and actually make use of it and so that matters because when you've got a very dirty electrical uh, current i you know, it's not stable um, theoretically at least that can ruin your device or upset the charging circuits and yet uh, the nokia device it seems pretty high quality components i guess this is part of the nokia hardware story but did catch my attention and it's a, a real genuine bit of research that's going on but it was also being used by nokia on their conversations blog and in their social media feeds as kind of here's a cool friday thing that we're going to share and hope everyone retweets to give us a bit of promotion
0: i think they've ready the how to make viral video They're trying to make their attempts as well um i've got about 90 seconds left on this one um i i'm watching elementary uh, which is CBS's take on the Sherlock Holmes version, which is far better than the BBC version. No, it's not. Uh Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And we don't have time for that. We could do that off mic. Johnny Lee Miller is far better at being Sherlock. He's more human for a start. And I just love the fact that very occasionally, um, when they need to call up some security footage or anything, suddenly Windows ART appears. <laughs> I just like Really? On an Acer laptop with the big glowing logo? Um, I am waiting uh, for the fact that almost everybody's phone still looks a bit like an iPhone, but not quite an iPhone interface. Uh, So um, I'm I'm waiting to see when we'll actually get a Windows Phone handset appearing um, as on-screen promotion in elementary. Um, I'm sure that's going to be happening soon. Um, And of course... If they'd been smart, they would have made it, put it into Grand Theft Auto 5, um, which is three different mobile phone operating systems. One of them is called Banana, uh, one of them is called Robot, and the other one is called Glass. Uh, so um, <laughs> it's nice to see the three handsets from the three characters all having um, almost but not quite the three major operating system platforms. Really, if Microsoft had known that was going to happen, they should have given them a dump truck of money and said, could you make one of them? Windows phone, uh, uh, and the other two you can do what you like with them. Uh, and we should have the buzzer going off now.
1: Bing, yeah,
0: that's uh, not a buzzer, that's you making the special effect that we have to dub the we effect on over later. Sorry about that,
1: yeah. <laughs> I think we'll just lose the sound effects to uh, Euron's voice. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto, oh, right, such a shame there's no Raspberry phone in it. I guess that's the state of the market now.
0: Wow, a Raspberry Pi phone.
1: I've just got one supplementary question to ask you, would you buy a phone based on it sponsoring a TV programme or appearing in a TV programme?
0: It's about awareness. I mean, you you can't, No, I don't think anybody could ever say yes to that one, but it means that when you go into the shops, um, you would maybe give a Windows 8 um, laptop another five seconds. Oh, I saw that on the telly last night. And in that five seconds, the hardware has that moment to go, look at me, remember me. Let's see if you want to reach out and touch me, for example. Uh, so it, it, I think it just builds on that. It gives you more confidence when you go into the store um, as someone selling a device that people will look at your device in the store and then you can build the the selling story on top of that. It's If we remember the old social media funnel strategy, if you get them in the funnel and you try and bring them all the way down to the point where they follow your RSS feed. They make the transaction. They buy the hardware. Um, the appearance in TV is quite high up, um, but it starts that process of bringing you in. Uh, so the you know putting it out in front of TV shows in in on-screen advertising. Um, it it all pricks the conscience. As it were, uh, and they're not advertising to people like us, right? Because they know that we'll have a go with everything.
1: <laughs> no, I think that's absolutely it's right. Everybody else, <laughs> it, it's, it's actually for, for me three things because a lot of people comment on on this kind three of things? advertising. We've a
0: thirty-minute timer on this for a reason.
1: <laughs> I I know I know there, there's you know three things that people go you know, why why does this advertising happen at all? And you're right, it's perception. It's to sort of create image around a product, and then it's a Uh, build awareness so people are actually aware of the product and i think that's been a real problem for windows phone and in some markets the the lumia devices as well and then as you say the third thing is consideration so you go into the shop and rather than just ignoring it altogether it's actually on your list of things you might buy and i think that's something that nokia has done pretty successfully in the uk with the lumia devices which going back to the top of the show why we've seen that market share increase Uh, you go into the shops in the uk and you will see the Lumia device and they'll often be live devices. So I think that's to the credit of the Nokia UK team, you know, building up from virtually nothing. I mean, it was the case about 18 months ago that Symbian device sales in the UK had had basically reached zero. They were running along at a couple of percent uh, with people you know, buying the devices, and that tended to be you know, the the cheap ones, and then the odd one at the high end with the 808. I mean, there is some discussion around the 808 not getting range and all that kind of thing. But they've rebuilt that, and now they've got devices right across the range. You know, the 1020, very fine camera phone device, but equally well they've done a really good job on the 520 and the 620. You go in and chat to a few people working phone shops and say those devices have become increasingly popular and it's something that kantar mentioned in their commentary it's uh two two markets and it's the kind of young teenage market but also the 35 to 50 year old most of whom are among the most cost conscious and i think maybe have less buy into the other platforms and it'll be interesting to see whether you know windows phone and nokia uk can break out that and expand that uk market because they um talked about it on the consumer side that you know wanting to push that 12.5 percent up further and this week there was an interesting story that they're also doing a push on the enterprise on the business to business side and we've seen a, a similar advertising campaign launch around that there's about a million pounds being spent to sort Advertise it essentially to the people in businesses who are making decisions about what phone to buy. And they say they're currently at around 11% and by the end of the year want to reach 20%. Pretty ambitious uh, growth target. be interesting to see where they get there and whether we see any uh, figures to back it up. But uh, that would be an interesting one. If Windows Phone oh, and Nokia, I guess it would be given they selling 90% of the Windows Phone devices in the UK and sort of 80% on a global basis, can reach that 20% figure in a few markets. I think suddenly uh, the game will change a bit in that people will suddenly go, actually, you know, this is representing a significant portion of this market. We need to be paying this attention. Um, you know, We've always said it's 10%. And yes, it is 10% of the install base. But I think 20% of sales could be a, an interesting one. So very much worth keeping an eye on that. And we'll uh, keep you up to date with that on subsequent podcasts.
0: Indeed, yes, which you can follow at I Just one brief more thing to mention Uh we would like uh, to say hello to Chris Hamilton uh, and everybody else who entered our comedy conspiracy theory competition. Um, I believe Chris is going to take the prize for this one, right, having looked at all the entries we received?
1: I think that's right, yes.
0: Indeed, very briefly. um, The whole thing is a plot from the American Secret Service, um, the takeover of uh, Nokia and by Microsoft and subsequent absorption, um, to get all the information from the Asha Symbian platform. The web searches and texts and emails will now go through Microsoft servers so they can use Prism to hack into them on American soil, um, considering that Nokia is highly regarded in developing countries where many of the bad guys come from. Um, <laughs> this is his email, by the way, not mine, just in case the NSA are listening. Um, obviously, the NSC would be keen to tap into their phones by bribing and blackmailing Nokia board members. Um... Of this blackmailing Nokia board, Balmer, and eight out of 10 of the tech journalists who actually do their own writing. Um, Chris hasn't told us who the eight out of 10 uh, tech journalists are that do their own writing, implying that two of them are actually written for them by the computers at the NSA. We might have a follow-up competition here. Um, and so on, and so on, and so on. Um, the majority of the American propaganda tech press write bad reviews of Nokia phones to drive down the share price so the NSA can buy Nokia uh, so they can hack into the Symbian and Asha handsets. Yeah.
1: Sounding we'll plausible one, so far.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Um, uh, now, when I said there was a prize of undeterminate value, that doesn't mean you suggest your price. Um, he suggested that we give him a 1020 Bless, Um, Ralph, Have we got something in the goodie
1: bag? Uh, I have to have a look in the goodie bag later on, but we'll, yeah, we'll we'll be in touch.
0: We've got some badges and stickers and things, and actually we've got some all about symbian business cards. I don't need them anymore.
1: <laughs> don't let <that> see <laughs> how you say that.
0: <laughs> uh, yes conspiracy theory because obviously they've been bots. we can do that um thanks all very much for your comments they are entertaining we love taking them uh in and reading them uh chris uh we'll be in touch to get some uh, more details uh from you in the meantime uh keep heading back to the website one.com comments are welcome and uh, we'll be back again uh in the next podcast with Rafe. uh allowed more than a 30 minute window uh to actually espouse his theories of why the takeover was actually a good Thing, uh, and all the fun and games uh, you've come to expect on the Insight podcast. Ray, thanks for your time.
1: Thank you, Ian, and I thank everyone for listening.
0: Yep, listeners, thank you for your time. Catch you in the next show. Ta rah now.